Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Up above the world so high, like a diamond in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Hey, that's all we needed, man. (laughs) I actually, after almost 400 shows, I don't think anybody's done that one. I'm trying to reflect if that's the case. I do like doing karaoke, but like, you know, I think I know the lyrics and then I go to karaoke and I'm like, oh, that's what that is. <laughs> that's what it says. You know, so right? I was like, you know, I was like, you can't forget the words to Twinkle Twinkle no. Star. So I'll just, I was no. like, it's a safe bet. Dante, welcome to the show, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is going to be good. I'm looking forward to this, man. We're going to have an interesting conversation. Uh, let me just share the deets out here. So Dante White from Opulus, mm-hmm. Opulus, right? Yeah, Opus, yeah. Uh, you're the founder CEO. You've been in the game for about a decade, but you've been doing this particular for a couple of years. It's www.oppuous.com, Dante at opus.com, and all over social, you'll find them at uh, Opus on uh, IG, Twitter, Facebook, everything. Just once you start typing every, in, yeah, everything. you're yeah, the first yeah. and only one. Uh, I want to do a quick shout out to the, the wonderful guys up north there. Uh, I'm wearing... Uh, Custom and quality. <laughs> I had to double check. <laughs> and, and the shirt's a little worn out because I've actually been using it and wearing it and, and doing construction. So it's just been beat up and I've got some PL on it. I've got some kind of stuff on it, but it's just, that's what workwear is supposed to be looking like. It's not supposed to be looking pristine clean anyway. So guys, thanks so much for the tea. I've been using it. I've been wearing it and thank you. So um, where do we, Dante, where do you want to begin this conversation, bro? Um, yeah. You know, so I initially reached out to, to you of a, uh, big fan of the show is like you know watching a couple episodes right I, I work with the construction industry in a couple of different capacities just because of the nature of of my firm and how we we partner with different entities and technology um you know and so big fan of uh, of canada too you know Thanks, man. a couple of times and i like i like the vibe up there it's different you know <laughs> being in america it's uh, and i you know what's the vibe travel, like down there these days man uh, you know, it's a little bit better, but it's like, you know, it's like right after like mom and dad have a big fight and yeah. like everyone's just like, how do we now? What do we do? You know, it's, <laughs> it's a lot like that, but like on a, on a massive scale. Yeah, I can see that. I can totally. <laughs> where, where, you, where are you actually based in? Uh, Denver, Colorado. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. I like mm-hmm. Colorado. It's yeah. a beautiful state, man. Yeah. We're chill vibes out here, man. We got the mountains. We got the sun. You know, it was like. My son plays baseball, and last weekend, like I, I caught a little bit of a sunburn. It was like eighty. Nice. And then we got hit with like you know three inches of snow this last week. It's almost like Canada. And then, yeah, you know this time of year, it's like I, I have my boots, I got my umbrella, I got my parka, just you know some swim trunks just in case. I don't know, I don't know. I'm just trying to have some fun. So that's all you got to do. So um, I, I want to ask you, how did or why did you get into this space? Why did you uh, did you start realizing that people are not optimizing? Their potential is like there's there's a lot of missed opportunity is that what's going on here yeah definitely um you know in the construction space so what kind of got me into it was opus stands for an opportunity for you is an opportunity for us so at our core we're a diversity based and uh you know equity inclusion based firm so we're a, a minority women you know business enterprise we're a hub zone we're esb dsb in america these are like certifications to help with diversity requirements. And so I was getting tapped on the shoulder a lot with a lot of construction companies asking me to help bid on certain jobs here so they could meet requirements. Because part of what we do is not only like software and hardware, 
but also we'll do like low voltage cabling, access card control, surveillance, things like that, right? And so we can help construction companies like on the actual day-to-day, right, operationally, but also on job sites. So it's a little bit of a hybrid role. And so, you know, we would get tapped on the shoulder, hey, can you, you know, come lay some Cat5, Cat6 cable? Um, you know, we need to hit these diversity requirements. I'm like, sure. Uh, and then we kind of started talking a little bit deeper. And, and there's just like most businesses, there's such a disjoint between the things that you should do technologically and the things that are being done, right? Because you only know what you know. And like most businesses, like, you know, everybody got hit really hard from COVID and trying to pick up the pieces of the puzzle and figure out how to operationally like get more efficient and and technology really drives that, right? We have to pick the right thing, right? Like in construction, you could pick up any tool, but if it's not the tool for the job, it's not going to do it right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could, you could grab a wrench, you could drive a nail in, but it's not what it's there for. Is the stigma still there, Dante? Is it like, um, when it comes to construction people and they're running their business, they don't want to be told, here's an idea. I know that you're not doing it this way, but here's an idea. Do they do they not like or do they frown upon hearing that from a stranger or for somebody outside of their network kind of expressing some thoughts about their business? Yeah, yeah. I think it's not, you know, uh, only relegated to construction, right? I think a lot of people take it personally. Yeah. Uh, nobody likes to be told they're doing something wrong, right? Or it could be done better, right? And so where I generally start the conversation is like, you know, tell me about your business in general, where are you having problems, right? Or where do you see your growth potential? Where are you strong? Um, You know, and and then everything kind of folds in from there. Everything kind of comes back to how can we optimize? How can we automate? And, you know, the construction industry, like a lot of other industries um, that are like more labor intense are get confused by technology, right? So it becomes scary too, I think is a lot of the part of it too. It's like, you know, nobody wants to make the wrong decision when it comes to it. Cause it can be very expensive. Uh, but you could you also know, make the like, right decision. Yeah, definitely. And you know, that's kind of the way that we go to market, right? I like kind of look at us as like a, a GC, right? And it's like, okay, what's the, what's the task at hand? Okay. And then we pull in different expert teams, right? Because we've got little subdivisions within our organization, you know, from, simple things like connectivity through like wireless routers and cellular phones, iPads, things like that, uh, to, you know, more advanced technologies like artificial intelligence, automation, you know, VR and AR software development, right? Like a lot of construction companies are trying to develop their own software or, or figure out a way to make this thing talk to that thing. Right. And how does that get done? So, uh, you know, we sit down and, and we go through the whole thing soup to nuts. Like, what do you really do? Right. Cause we're invested in like, okay, how do I optimize? How do I optimize what you're doing? I'm not going to just throw a lot of stuff towards you and be like, you need to do this. Like, I really need to know what you're doing and how you're doing it for it to make sense. I want to ask you, Dante, it's just, um, when it comes to construction, everybody has their, their wheelhouse, right? So everybody has their position of what they should be doing and what they're good at. The problem is sometimes that you'll get the top dog at the very top of the mountain, not realizing that they suck at certain things and they should delegate it to other people. How do you have that conversation? Because I'm sure that when you guys come in and you assess a business and you assess the personnel, you assess the way the business is running, and then you realize that the actual person who started it isn't evolving correctly. And you have to explain to them that, guess what? You're the one component that's actually trying to, you're dragging this business. How do you mm-hmm. handle that? Uh, you know, it's really about facilitating their 
like with a tool to the side, right? And not necessarily putting the blame on them, but you know, a lot of times we're forced to wear many hats, hard hat, you know, fedora, baseball, hat, all the things. And so it's like, okay, yes, um, like many organizations, ours included, right? There are bottlenecks, right? And so it's just like, okay, if you had a person on your job site that, you know, maybe isn't as good at certain skill, wouldn't you want to replace them with somebody better yeah. in that and then go put them in their lane? Or wouldn't you want to equip them with a better tool to make their job easier, faster, stronger, right? And so I try to use analogies as much as possible when, uh, you know, kind of describing these scenarios for any industry. Uh, that way, people don't get, you know, the ego gets involved sometimes, I think is kind of what you're kind of describing. Yeah, that's it's what not. I'm good. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of ego in construction. That's the thing about it. So it's mm -hmm. hard to, and I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not the best business person, but then that's why you start hiring other people to try to figure out how to make your business better. And then you figure out how to streamline, or you actually have conversations with other people that you've watched grow and their business has grown possibly faster than yours. And you got to question yourself, mm -hmm. why is that? Why is that person who's not necessarily my competition, they might be in a different city or a different state or a different country, whatever, but they started at the same time I did. Why mm -hmm. am I not at the same place where they are? Or why am I not further ahead of them? Yeah. And so we always like to do a complimentary assessment, right? It's like straight up, we'll do an envision, we call it an envision session because we want you to see what the future is going to look like. We'll take the whole stack and we'll kind of parse it out into different projects and what it could look like, you know, because there's multi facets of every single job. You know, there is the customer acquisition stage or even the employee acquisition stage. What does that look like? That's backed by technology, by automation, by, you know, all that fun stuff. And then there's like, okay, orientation and keeping these people trained, right? And that's just the people side. We haven't even gotten to like what you actually do. Yeah. Um, so we have a platform that I kind of akin to Amazon where you go on and it's completely complimentary. You go on and you say, okay, I need a contract service, right? Um, you type in, you know, contract management service, it'll pop up all the available ones. You see side-by-side -side comparisons with ratings, videos, testimonials, et cetera. And you're like, oh, cool. I like this one click and buy. And it's instantly provisioned to your organization. Well, that's an easy example. But like I said, things can get much more complicated. Let's talk like uh, telematics, right? Vehicle tracking, asset management, IoT type stuff. That's way more complex. That's not a click and buy scenario unless you're super tech savvy, right? Uh, even then, you should probably consult because you want things to talk to other types of technology. So... We've got nationwide engineers and cloud specialists that will come in and we will, uh, you know, once again, talk about the project at hand, what you're doing, put a nice little puzzle, uh, you know, portfolio together for you um, and say, look, here's good, better, best. Let's do some demos. Let's do all these things. And then let's kind of, you know, move forward on the project. Um, but, you know, the thing about it is, is we're agnostic. So we really like to fit it, not just like cram solutions, but. Uh, but suggests, right, based off of who you are, what you do, where you're at. And sometimes uh, you're not there yet, but it's going to be like two years down the road, five years down the road. And we'll say, okay, let's let's find something that's going to work for now. But in three years, this is where you should be, right? This is what you're going to want to do, right? And fit it best in breed. What's your cross-section of clients like? I mean, are you mostly, I'm just assuming the younger generation is embracing this and anybody my age has got gray hair in their hair. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just, are they really embracing it or are they questioning it? 
Uh, there's a lot of questioning that goes on in the older generation, right? Because it's like, um, you know, like you said, construction has some ego involved. A lot of industries do, but like, you know, it's like, Hey, I've been doing it this way forever. Right. Yeah, and it's worse. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And it's like, that's true. But the thing that I always put back to people is like, yeah, like think about when the car came out, right? They're like, well, we've been riding horses and those worked and like, yeah, that's right. They do work, but this is faster. This is stronger. This is more reliable. Right. And so people started adopting that. And there was naysay. I wasn't there. You weren't there for that. But we know that there was definitively naysayers that said, like, this doesn't work. And we're seeing that again, once again, in the electric and hybrid space, too. Right. It's still transportation. You could take you could walk. You could drive your car. You could take a bus. Right. But there's different tools for different jobs. Right. And so it's like, yeah, you could still work off spreadsheets. Yeah, you could still, you know, use one business cell phone and also your personal cell phone, or you could combine the tool through a software application and you could text, fax, call from that. You could do push to talk like the old Nextel you know, cellular phones, I right? Know, yeah. yeah, exactly. And now they have that technology through, uh, you know, through an application on your cell phone where you can boop, do a, a push to talk, but then you can also text and fax from that as well. And then I don't have, I don't look like a pack mule with, you know, yeah. a gunslinger with two phones on my side. Like it's, it's just silly. Um, you know, and so, yeah, there's, there's a big resistance and the younger generation is a little bit easier. And I think that a lot of construction companies are going to definitely need to push for more technology advances um, just in, in employee retention, right? Because the workforce is getting younger, right? And so, uh, you know, I'm a millennial, right? We get a lot of, uh, you know, I would say hate in a way, uh, you know, of our generation, how we run things. But, you know, we're used to certain amounts of conveniences and, and liking to do things faster, right? If I don't need to whip out three different tools to do one job and I could do it with one, that's what I would prefer to do. If I could, you know, work from home, that's what I would prefer to do. If I could use my own iPhone instead of your company issued Android, you know, that's what I would prefer to do. Um, and you're looking at, you know, employee retention in the long run, right? And keeping people happy optimizing that so why is there i mean i'll ask you but why is there so so much uh turnover in this particular generation is it is it just because of the scope of the work with construction because we're, we're seeing it i know that we see it in other segments and other industries or whatever but in construction we're still seeing it you're seeing people that are of that age group and they're, they're coming in at a certain price point and they and i've joked before i've said listen they've always asked for more than their age you know hourly mm-hmm. wage right and and i'm like they won't stay long They'll stay maybe a year or two, and then they kind of want to see the advancements. Why is that? Why do you think that's going on? Well, let's see. Look, that's like a really deep question, right? So, like, uh, I think part of it is if you look at, like, uh, you know, psychologically, right, we are the generation of that really fast change, uh, you know, technology. We have... I grew up, I'm, I'm 86, so I'm an older millennial, right? So I still remember some... I was close stuff. to graduating was- high school in 86, <laughs> man. I... Hey, <laughs> You moisturize, you look good. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, so I grew up with like VHS cassette tapes, things like that. Um, but then, you know, as it goes on, then we had CDs and we had MP3 players and then we had YouTube, we had Spotify, we had Napster, right? And so being able to instantaneously get what we want when we want, before you just have to listen to the radio, wait for your favorite song, call in, request it, right? This is a simple analogy. But now if I want to listen to a song, I go to Spotify and I was like, this is a song I want to listen to. I'm going to listen to it 30 times until my head explodes because I love this song right now. Um, And that does something to people's brains, right? That instant gratification and not having to wait is, I think, something that we don't talk about, right? Because most people don't really understand it. And, like, we're getting pretty deep into the weeds. But I think that's part of it. The other part of it is, you know, 
your generation, my father's generation, stuff like that was built in a lot of like sense of duty and like almost um, it was kind of thrust upon you and you didn't really think about it. Right. It's like, yeah, you stick to this company and it's called loyalty. And you're like, oh, I want to be loyal. Right. You just want to do the right thing. And this is what you're told. Um, and you just kind of take it on the chin and you kind of work, you know, with it and, and then maybe the things aren't great, but you still do it because out of some sense of duty and some sense of purpose, that's where it goes. Whereas with our generation, right, we can see more now. I can see other people getting paid more. I can see other people being treated better. And so I'm going to jump ship. I mean, there, there's not a lot of things where people, you know, talk poorly about people who switch sports teams because they want to win the championship. Right. Sometimes that happens. But if like you're an athlete, you want to get with the best team. You want to do the best thing so you can further your career and your development. I think in a, in a professional setting, it's the same thing. It's you funny know, you bring that is, up because I totally agree yeah. with you that a lot of people that have a team, they look at it as a sports management mm-hmm. style. They try to figure out where their strengths are and they put that position, that person in that position and let them focus on that. But I guess with your generation, uh, the other question I want to ask you is that, do they, is it a different version of loyalty? What I mean a different version, meaning that they may not stay long at where they're working or who they're working for, but mm-hmm. are they still leaving on great terms that they know that life is a circle that they'll eventually cross paths with this person again? If you are in one industry, especially construction industry, you are going to cross paths with somebody else, right? Like I, I pay attention to the way that, you know, we met on LinkedIn and we started talking on LinkedIn and then I, I kind of do my daily doses of LinkedIn and I started realizing, holy crap, there's a few people I know that left really good positions that I thought they were going to be there for a while. And now they've Mm -hmm. gone on their own. Right. So I guess they're trying to feed their soul and trying new opportunities and get out there. But eventually you're going to cross paths back with, and a lot of people have nothing but praise and good things to say about the business that they're leaving right now. So I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that this younger generation is doing that. They're understanding that, okay, fine, you can leave and you might be making two or $3 more on this other opportunity, but it might get flipped, man. You might turn around and bump into and the economy might completely turn and you might lose that opportunity. And now you're going to need to make a phone call and try to go back and get that. So is it a different version of loyalty is how they kind of looking at it? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I there's a a saying that my stepdad used to tell me all the time. He was a military man. Right. So he was very, I would just say brash. Right. It's just Mm -hmm. the way to the point. Uh, Yeah. He's like, look, I'm going to tell you like this, son. Be careful of the toes you step on today. They might belong to the ass you have to kiss tomorrow. And I was probably about 11 when he said that. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, kind of. But, (laughs) you know, it resonated, right? And I was like, yeah, you're right. And it does come full circle, right? And I'll tell an anecdotal story. When I first got into technology, right? I was So before I got into technology, I ran an auto body shop. Completely different business, right? Way night and day. But as me and my business partner had a departure of what we were doing, I was like, all right, what's the next step? What do I want to do? I was like... Technology isn't going anywhere. It seems cool and exciting. I'm going to hop into that. Now, I had already run a business, right? I had already come from a set of like, I was running a crew of 15 people at the age of 24. I had taken this body shop from, you know, like $130,000 net profit per month to $450,000 net profit before I left. So I had a certain ego about me, right, as a young guy and coming into it. And you know what I did? My first, I applied for the biggest tech company I could find. And they said, cool resume, bro. You don't even know anything like (laughs) we would never hire you, right? And I was like, oh. So I did a little bit of research and I found a company that did business with them. 
And what it was is I started my technology career cold calling. I made 100 to 150 dials a day for Oracle, for SAP, for you know Microsoft. And I booked meetings for other sales reps. And I sat on those meetings so I could learn what they were talking about and how the industry worked. And eventually, then a bigger tech company took me on to run their team as they started going into the enterprise space. But I had to humble myself, right? Not everybody necessarily has that in themselves. How do you keep moving um, forward, Dante? How do you, like, you're dealing with... 150 calls a day and obviously not every single one is positive and probably the majority of them are just like not interested to hang up and then move on like how do you just keep moving forward <laughs> from that i know it's hard trust uh, me man i've been there i've done yeah, that i yeah, still do yeah yeah i would say you know tongue-in-cheek and also you know in a serious manner a part you know part of it is a you know disassociation right um you know but the reality of it is is like i can't take things personally uh, you know, I open up a lot of my sales calls uh, in a joking manner. And I was like, look, I was a bouncer in college and I got an ex-wife. There's not a lot you can do or say to me that's going to like upset me. <laughs> right. And so it's a personality thing. You got to kind of just like, you know, people are not going to be receptive all the time. I've had people that have hung up on me, called me four little words when I was in that side of the business. You know, sometimes I would, you know, go outside and smoke a cigarette or, you know, yell about it. Right. Sometimes I would call them back. Right. And call them on their rudeness and just say, hey, look, Manny, there's no way that you hung up on me on purpose. Right. Like, I know your mother raised you better than that. Like, I'm a perfect stranger and I know that you just that's just rude. Right. Like, you, there's like no that. way. I like that. You know, yeah. and it would flip them on their heels. Right. And the thing about it was it was to make them see like, hey, look, I'm a human, too. I'm yes. just doing my job. Man. Yeah. That's all I'm doing is I'm doing my job. I'm not trying to pest you. I'm not trying to, you know. Be annoying and catch you what at dinner and things like this and we were business to business we weren't doing like you know home calls when people were eating the dinner but you know i was like look I'm, I'm calling you unannounced yeah but uh you know at the end of the day like i have the potential to help help your business and help what you're doing um you know and it comes from a drive you know i come from a single mother household uh until she met my stepdad in the air force uh you know so i have you know first person in my family graduate high school and then go straight through to college you know, we had other people go back and get their GEDs or go back and like finish eventually and stuff like that. But like straight pass through on the first, I was like, look, I got a, I got a point to prove. I got to make my family accelerate and go forth. My grandma didn't even speak English when she first came to, mm. you know, Colorado. You know, she was in kindergarten. She learned how to speak English then. Uh, you know, my grandfather's African-American. He served in the United States military where segregation still existed. Yeah. You know, these are people that are still alive. Like, you know, yeah, in America, know. like it's not that long ago, no. man. <laughs> it's, it's really not. And yeah. so it's like I for me personally, I have to push forward. Right. Not everybody has the same type of drive, but not everybody has your drive either. Right. You saw an opportunity to start a podcast. Right. And you could have done one or two episodes and say, ah, this isn't working. Uh, there's not enough people listening. There was something inside your head. There was something inside your heart that told you that this was going to be successful and you were going to be able to do 350, 400 episodes, 1000 episodes get, you know, I think you have like over 7,600 YouTube subscribers. That's, that's great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's growing conversation is growing. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. That's why. Right. It was just funny. You bring that mm-hmm. up because today I just read some stat that most podcasts that start quit after episode seven. And I'm like thinking about at the very beginning of this show, 
Yeah, I was kind of on the fence at around episode seven. I was getting a lot of crap and I was having a lot of uh, stressful kind of moments. And, and then all of a sudden, guys that I was doing it with were like not on the fence completely with me. And I said, fuck it. And I'm just going to do it myself. And then here we are pushing 400 and I'm like, this is done. So it's a conversation's continuing. So you want to stop it? Stop it. But it ain't stopping, right? You're totally right. Yeah. And that's I do the same thing. Sometimes when I do cold calls, I'll entertain the conversation just to see if something will be said that I can learn from. You know what 100%. I mean? hundred percent. Don't dismiss that, it right away. You just, you never know someone like you calling back. I love that mom angle. I, you were raised better than that. I love that angle. That's amazing. Right? Because it will flip somebody. You know what I mean? And right. maybe that's what I think too, I, too many people, especially in construction are so fo- fixated on the sale. I just got to get this sale when they keep forgetting that you're providing a service. Don't Mm -hmm. ever forget the skill set that you have and you're providing a service for somebody. You're going to modify their home, their business, their commercial space, whatever. You're going to, you're bringing your skill set to that. Don't ever forget that, man. Don't be driven just by the dollar. Exactly. And so like, I have a really funny, like when I, so I was cold calling, right? uh, When I first started my career and I call a lead comes in, we'll just say, you know, Manny. So I call the lead and a woman answers his phone. I say, Hey, I'm looking for Manny. Uh, there's no Manny here. I'm like, okay, uh, that's interesting. And it didn't sound like a business, right? I could yeah. hear a TV in the back. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, well, a Manny reached out and they said they wanted to see a, a demo of our, our voice over IP system. And so I was just returning the phone calls. Like, let me just confirm some details, right? It could have just been like, screw it, click bye. Uh, and she's like, wait, what'd you say the name was? She was like, Manny. She's like, ah, that's my son. He <laughs> pretends that he has a business and he signs up for a bunch of demo. He's got his own, he had his own email. Like it was very legit. And he yeah. was a young kid. He was like probably like 12, you know, <laughs> but it was like the thing that like, and I was like, okay, that's cool. Right. So I could have just called it a day. Right. And most people would, but I was like, I, you know, I was like, look, I thought this was kind of cool that this, this is this kid's thing. And so I, Send him an email. I'm like, hey, Manny, I just gave you a phone call. I didn't reach you. I got your receptionist, Janine, <laughs> very lovely lady. Uh, here is the you know documentation you requested. We're looking forward to a you know a fruitful part, whatever the email was, right? Um, send the email off, and I was like, cool. Go about my day. Well, about an hour and a half later, I get a phone call from the lady again, and she said, oh my god, you just made my son's day. Uh, you know, like he really loves this stuff. And she's like, my husband is the CTO of, I'm going to not say their name, a very yeah, large, yeah, like 5,000 person organization. Um, we want to actually invite you now to come in and demo your software now for the, it could, right. Completely different left field. Yeah. Right. Uh, we ended up landing that sale. Right. Uh, but it literally, it took me two minutes to just have the compassion to just have fun. Right. And I'm a, you know, technology, construction, these things are serious, but like, I'm a joking person, man. Yeah. You got to laugh. Life is a joke. I was like, cool, this is awesome. If it was my kid, I would want somebody to do that too. If it was me as a child, you know, so I was just like, it took me two minutes and it ended up turning into a massive sale, but I didn't go into it with that. I was like, I'm just going to do this because it's going to be fun and maybe he'll email me back and we'll just, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it was great. It's true. You never know what opportunity is attached to whenever you're you're making that phone call. You don't know where it might actually go. And that and don't be discouraged just to shut it down right there and then, right? There's no sense, man. Do what you did. And there was an mm-hmm. opportunity there, right? So Yeah. 
Yeah. How, so how do we convince more people in construction to do that? Because they take it so personally most of the time. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, right? Like how not to take things personally. Um, you know, I think it's really putting the human element first, right? Yeah. Kind of like in my story. It's really like that. It's like, look, I'm not attacking you personally. I'm not attacking your business. Like, you're probably way more successful than me. You'll probably forget more things than I'll ever learn in my life, right? And especially in the construction field, right? I am not going to hear, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. I will never do that. But what I will suggest is how to make your business more efficient, right? You don't go into a butcher shop expecting to get a loaf of bread, right? You're construction. You're not a technology company. So you don't know everything, right? We are still evolving and learning and technology is getting crazy, right? AI is the biggest thing right now. People are talking about it left and right. AI has been really marketable, like in existence through technology for easily the last decade that nobody knew about, right? They didn't talk about it, but there was pieces of AI that existed and now it's chat GPT this, chat GPT that. Well, that's cool. Uh, and that can help you in a lot of ways. But construction people are like, how would that help me? Yeah, that's my question right? to you right how, now. How do we? Yeah. How I, would I, AI I, get, help? I get VR because I've already started seeing a lot of VR applications in construction for, for educating, for teaching, training. And mm -hmm. you're not wasting material at that point. And, and someone is actually getting to learn something properly um, as best you can. And, and the VR is, is totally legit. I respect that, the companies that are doing it and they're licensing it and getting it out there. But when, how do you see AI being inter integrated into construction itself? Yeah, so that's uh, interesting things, right? So um, I think the figures, I don't know, like, uh, don't fact check me on this, but like maybe like 95% of data is not utilized in the construction field. Yeah. Uh, right? Like I it's a that. pretty large amount, right? And so like machine learning comes in and all that stuff. So AI can be implemented in several different ways, right? There's uh, digital twinning, right? You can take a job site and create a digital twin of it through VR, AR, right? You can scan the whole thing. And definitively, you can say, this is how long this job is going to take. This is how much material it's going to take, right? You can do a safety analysis and say, hey, look, if we move this board three feet to the right, we are 98% more sure that somebody won't get hurt, right? And like we talk about construction in the fact that you have like a job at hand, you're building, you're constructing. But really, at the end of the day, your job is to make sure that your people don't get hurt and live, yeah. right? And they come back and their mental health is taken care of, right? I, I listened to one of your podcasts earlier where you talked about mental health, yeah. right? So that's another way that AI can help that space, right? Instead of having to work a 16-hour workday, break your body, break your you know, back and all that stuff, right? You're not seeing your family. You got the stuff at home that's dealing with that. What if I could optimize the flow of your job and say, yeah, normally this would take you, you know, this could be a six-month job. But through AI, we can literally analyze all the data we can say exactly this is how it is. We need to order this material at this time because this is what's going on logistics. It's not like a guess. You're like, oh, usually when I order this, it takes two months. No, you can know because it pulls the data. And so you can make a job go quicker, faster, smoother, and safer. Yeah. Right. And so these are the things that you look at, you know, using AR, using VR, using the data that exists, IoT, all the sensors, all these things that come into play. Right. And so this is like, I'm saying this. There's people that are listening to this podcast right now that, 
they're pretty sure I'm making up half of these words, right? They're, they oh, like, they don't I believe don't it. Them. I know. They don't get that. This, we're, we're already here. That's the problem. It's already here. It's not here. going anywhere. Yeah. So I tell people, lean into it, right? The people that are going to be resistant and be like, oh, it's going to take my job or it'll never work. Those are the people that are going to fall down. You look at the music industry when Napster came around, right? They fought it tooth and nail. You know what ended up happening? Apple end up taking over the music industry. They were making more money on the music industry than record labels were themselves because they saw people wanted to get their music digitally. People want to have it in their palms, right? So we're going to become a distribution unit, right? And then that's changed even now. Now it's Spotify. People don't even want to own. I don't want to pay a 99 cents. I want to pay $10 a month and listen to any song, any podcast, anytime I want to. I want it to be able to play on my phone, on my computer, on my uh, Amazon Alexa, right? I want this to follow me everywhere that I go. Right. And so when people are resistant to change, that's where you see them fall down. That's where you see businesses either accelerate or crumble. Right. And that's where we're at kind of in this space. I watched a video recently with uh, Boston Dynamics. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar, right? They're uh, the robotics company that okay. was bought. So their Boston Dynamics was bought by Hyundai. Okay. Okay. I, I watched a video where there's now a robot, right? They're building robots. There's a guy on some scaffolding. He's, you know, pretending like he's hammering some stuff in. He gets on his cell phone, pushes this thing. The robot gets up, grabs the guy's toolbox, and there's like a setup where it, the robot just can't get on the scaffolding. So it analyzes what's going on, knocks over a board, gets on that, do moves all this stuff, gets there, brings the tool to the guy, and then walks away. Seriously? See, I'm not like this technology already exists there is going to be certain jobs that are going to be augmented. And then eventually, and this isn't like to scare people, eventually there are certain jobs that will be replaced in every single business. There's already AI lawyers. Like yeah, why would I, I hire a lawyer? Yeah, exactly. Right. I've, you know, I've but now like that. there's actual physical units, right. Um, that can do certain things and you're not going to be able to, to replace somebody's like real knowledge and how to do something. But there's simple tasks that can be performed by robotics, by artificial intelligence. Well, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because it's really, it's interesting that those particular trades, people are not going into them. Those are some of the harder mm -hmm. trades that you get into, let's say, for argument's sake, bricklayers and things like that. People are not getting into, unless you're European and you're coming in here in old school, even Boston. Boston's big for that. But the majority mm -hmm. of people are not getting into that particular trade. So I can see a robot taking over that and not having a smoke break, a foam break, not having fatigue, not having any of that stuff because it, it literally is an assembly line. As long as everything's yeah. being fed there and they're actually just doing it. So they're buttering the, the, you know, the line and then they're actually adding the bricks and then they're moving on to the next course and the next course. Mm -hmm. It is almost robotic. I mean, but it kind of takes the craftsmanship out of the game. But mm -hmm. if you're delivering the same product or if not better, then why can't that be done? Yeah, and it's going to depend, right? You look at any kind of industry, right? Like, let's take, uh, you know, AI technology out of it, right? It's something that I like, right? Beer. Yeah. <laughs> Budweiser, Coors, these things. And, you know, they don't pay me. But if you want to show me some bucks, say your name <laughs> on the podcast. All right, your boy. Uh, I wish the alcoholic you know, beverages would come on board, man. That'd be amazing. But they're not jumping know, on board. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. If somebody's <laughs> going to hear this and then they're going to holler at us, Manny, and then yeah. we'll, we'll cheers, fly up there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like you think about it, like, right, there are places where that exists. McDonald's, for example, fast food, uh, you know, 
establishments. They have a time and a place. It's just robotic. It's every time you crack it open, it tastes exactly the same like piss and <laughs> oh wait i'm trying to get a paid like deliciousness yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh but then you've got craft beers right and they ch- like sometimes they taste different every single time and they have small batch reserves and all that stuff there's going to be a time and place for everybody but if you're going to be niche and you're going to be craft and you're going to be you know non-robotic you better be really good at what you do and you better be really good at your marketing and that's going to come in let's take it full circle to automation Right. How are you going to reach your customers and convey that message? You know, you talked about uh, the podcast game. Most people get out by eight, you know, tries. Think about sales in general as a as a construction unit, as a contractor, as an engineer, anything. You still have to get people in your door. You know that most salespeople don't call back after if they don't close the deal in the first time, they don't they don't call back. Yeah. Some stupid number like 90 percent of people don't call back. Exactly. And That's you know what insane. it takes a customer? It takes a customer. It's almost the same. I think it's like eight times for a customer to hear the same message before they're actually going to buy. Right. And part of that is because people are resistant to it. They don't want to be sold. The other part is like, hey, I'm trying to sell you this, but also your wife just called and your kid just puked. And you got to pick him up. And then also this guy just dropped, you know, some, you know, some really expensive thing. And now you got, there's all these things that are pulling you away from what you need to do. So you're going to have to constantly stay on that. And through technology, right. I help construction companies like, hey, let's automate even like part of your sales force, like your outbound messaging, right? It could be broadcast where it's like call, text, email, right? And then as soon as they hit back, then there's a manual response you have to do. Or we can use AI where it's like, hey, you program this tool. And if someone says, yeah, call me at three o'clock, it'll, it will respond back and say, sounds great. What's the best number? All this stuff. It'll put the call on your calendar. So now you as the person on the job site get a message you're like oh cool i just booked a sales call that i'm in the middle of a job site i don't need to stop what i'm doing to try to get this right because maybe that's not your forte maybe you lost the person that did that part of your job and now you're like trying to figure out well now how am i going to accumulate this pipeline so these are the things that tech these are some of the things that technology can help solve problems for that people don't think about because maybe you don't know it exists Maybe you don't even know how to do it. Our team does. We have experts and specialists in every single part of technology, right? We're like the custom collaborator. And that's why we sit down and talk about things like, okay, you're having trouble in sales. Well, here are sales enablement tools. Oh, you want to reduce costs? Great. Let's save you 15 to 20% on your Microsoft environment to start, right? And then let's create a budget for your next project, right? These are the things. And we save people money all the time because encapsulate everything you get one single bill one tier one support it just simplifies everything for everybody i know a lot of people have been chatting about chat gpt and everything like that and how it's going to basically remove a lot of marketing but um i still find that marketing and and kind of marketing is attached to your sales but you as a small business owner and you the way that, that you set up your business marketing has to be unique to it it has to be like your unique phone calls and, and an AI would never have picked up on, you know, the son is the one that email and everything like that. I don't know if an AI would have actually found that or even elaborated on that. I think that's just a human touch where, and that's connected mm-hmm. to the marketing touch as well too. So that would have been a missed opportunity if you just left it for a computer to take yeah. care of, right? How do totally. we, integra- I mean- how do we integrate that? Uh, how do you integrate uh, like chat GPT or some other? No, just like, like, how do you still yeah. keep, 
the natural element of marketing your business and your sales and how you still keep because i get it a lot more people right now it's like when i kind of send messages to new people that are probably just finding the show and listening to me and i'll dm them and just thank them listen thank i'm always thankful about thanks so much for listening i really greatly appreciate it right like it's i treat it as if i'm still i have five listeners right like i still treat it that way even though it's more than that but i mean i'll send them a message and then all of a sudden i'll get that ig automatic reply we're not here right now, but someone will get like that whole kind of spiel. And I'm like going, there isn't a human word or like a human emotion in this message that just got back to me. Right. And yeah. I, I feel disconnected. But then again, I'm of a different age group. I'm still I'm in the middle. I understand tech is coming, but I still respect vinyl. You know what I mean? I still rather buy yeah. a vinyl, right? I don't, I don't Spotify. I don't listen. I don't, hey. I don't do any of that shit, right? I have arguments <laughs> with the kids at the Genius Bar, right? You know what I mean? I tell them, listen, I like the vices in my hand. Why? Why don't you just upload it? Why don't you just download it? Why don't you just stream it? I go, listen, I like the vices in my hand, right? So yeah. I'm, I, I like to think that I'm on both sides of the fence. I'm just trying to figure out which one. But I mean, I'll go home and I'll listen to a vinyl ver versus listen to a stream. And I listen totally. to the cracks and pops and everything like that. I actually like all that stuff, right? That's just, but that's where I came from. So it's the same thing with it's business. Authentic. Yeah, it's authentic, but it's the same thing that sometimes marketing and sales and everything, it's all tied to your business. It still needs that final human touch. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Like that, That's what I'm trying to get at, right? I get that you can start it and you can implement and build, but yeah. at some point, you as the owner of the business or you as the, the one of the top people in the business have to come along and put that cherry on the top. You know what I mean? Uh, 100%. There's always going to be a human element of everything that we do because we are still humans interacting with each other. Until robots are selling to robots <laughs> and they're just like zero zero one 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 zero ha, ha, ha. You know, like uh, you're still going to have to have that part of it. And so like you can start it with the automation. You can start it with the AI. You can start it with that. You have to put your finishing touches on it, right? It's not the silver bullet. People often look for, you know, the easy solution. Nothing in life worth having is easy. Yep. If it was easy, everybody would do it. If, if, if having a podcast was easy, everybody would have a podcast, right? Yep. And they would all be successful and all that stuff. But that's not the truth of the matter, right? I say, uh, you know, to my son, to my followers, to the other people that I mentor, manifestation without perspiration stays in your imagination, right? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, yeah, you want to be a millionaire and then you're just going to sit on the couch and it's like, what, going to drop on your lap? How oh, wife works. Oh, you want to be a millionaire? Okay, cool. So you record that first episode of the podcast, right? And then the second one. And it's hard. You're perspiring. You're working towards it. And then the 400th one comes along and they hear that, you know, they want to get sponsored by Budweiser and Coors and then they give you <laughs> a check, right? And so then you get there, right? But people, that human element, right? The, the realness of it is what's important, right? And I'll let you in on a secret, right? Uh, when I reached out to you on LinkedIn, that was a bot that I had built. Really? It was a bot that I built. But here's the thing. I created that copy. And that was me. See, I didn't get that sense. When I read it, I've read others. And I was like, uh, mm -hmm. this seems generic. But I didn't get that sense from you. Because people want to get the tool, but they don't want to take the time to put the personality in the tool. Right? When I reached out to you, because like, look, I would have loved to just like straight up messaged you myself. But I'm a single father, so I was having to do this. And also, you got a life. Yeah, exactly. Right? All this stuff. So I was like, okay, what are the things that I care about? Right? Okay. I love this industry. I love visiting Canada. I've got clients out there. 
Um, I'm going to visit there and I'm a foodie. I've got, I don't know if you say I got a knife tattooed on my finger. I love to cook. <laughs> and that is a real, that's how I open up. And I'm, you know, now someone's going to get my LinkedIn message. Be like, ah, this guy's a bot. But I wrote that message because it is really important to me, right? People connect over food. People, you know, whether you're a foodie or not, you know, will connect over that. And it was really important for me to show who I was. Yeah. Right. And it was like, oh, I love to cook, but it's even better when someone else does it for me or does the dishes was the message, which is 100 percent true. That is how I feel. And that's where that human element comes from. So that was just those two were fake. Everything after that was real. That was yep. me talking yep. to you because that's what it takes. Yeah. Right. If I let a, the next message in the campaign probably would have been like, hey, doesn't look like you got my message or something like that. And you'd been like, what the f- yeah, that's a different person at that point. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So it's really important. Like it's only as good as you build the solutions around it and the training around it. You can get all the tools in the world, but if you don't know how to use them and you're not using them right and you're not actually like training and developing as they go on and maintaining and oiling and, you know, fixing and all that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, that's why these, you know, AI bricklayers, these automated things, right, they will work. But they're also going to mess up because they're not going to stop. If it hits a, you know, there's a bump, it's just going to, all right, well, I'm going to lay the brick here. And now the brick's like this instead of flat, you know, and then it's just going to. I kind of see it. I, I remember like uh, when I watched iRobot with Will Smith and and then there was that one scene where the automated demo excavator just started demolishing the house when he was in it. And I, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, yeah, I could totally see the future of construction being that way. Certain aspects of it. I don't know if it'd be fully automated but i i mean after speaking with you i'm thinking that there is a potential for it to be fully automated but like you said you have to give all that information but if you're already starting with a digital drawing of a structure that you're building and you implement that into the programming of the robot doing the work then they already know where the window starts stops doors start stops where terminations are where everything is so it's like you already you're basing all your workflow on a digital drawing that's already been approved that's all done i guess the challenge is going to get to the point where you start doing customizable stuff and you got client factor coming in going we want to make a change now at that point you got to tell this robot we're going to make a change i'd love to see the robot react to a client changing things it's not the human element's going to come in yeah even if you handed the robot a a two by four right and it was slightly bowed the robot's not going to know it's just like boom insert wood now put this here and then now the walls going like this because the robot didn't look at it and be like the human element right yeah right and so and there's there's just there are certain things that a human will always do and that's what we want and that's what we need right um but you're mixing the two you're mixing the two here it's it's a science and an art everything for me is a science and an art right like i'm i'm covered in tattoos i grew if I turn off my virtual background, which I real, real, real quick, uh, you know, like I grew up playing music. So awesome. behind me, yeah. right behind me, I've got my drum set, my trumpet, my bass guitar, my digital stuff. And, you know, the running joke since COVID is like, look, I even play a little piano, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is um, a little piano. <laughs> it is it's literally a little piano. I love dad jokes. Um, you know, but like, AI the technology, right? Like is can make music now too. Yep. But nobody wants to, people want to hear the soul and the passion. We want to hear the story. You just earlier talked about vinyl, right? You like the crack and the pop. Personally, I love vinyl too, 
I also love, I still buy, my friends make fun of me. I still buy CDs because I love having. Do they the still tangible. sell CDs? Certain artists will still sell CDs. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I like getting the physical thing and seeing the artwork yep. and touching it yep. and reading yep. the linear notes and like, oh, special shout out to Big Pookie. And I'm like, oh. but they were cool enough to be, you know, like those are the things that you're going to miss in the digital uh, thing. And that's, that's that human. Connection. Yeah, that's the artist in us, man. It's like we actually that's why vinyl is so cool. It's like when you pull out jackets, when you look at artwork that was like commissioned, you had certain mm -hmm. people photograph or draw, design, layout. You had kind of interesting elements there right it was all part of the music it was all part of the packaging it was all part of marketing it was all a part of my, your messaging yeah. right and it's the same thing with businesses whether it's the construction industry or any other business there's an overall image attached to it that you can't mm -hmm. ever forget but i love that you guys are marrying the two together you're still not you're not ignoring the human element but you're Never. upgrading it with some digital components that's yeah. what you're doing if I could get you home faster to your family every single day, that means everything to me. If I could get you home to your family every day, that means everything to me, right? Through safety protocols, through AI, through all these like job planning, stuff like that. If I could help you grow your business exponentially so you could pass it on to your kids who are eventually going to run it into the ground because they didn't build it, right? <laughs> I joke about it. My son's 10. And he was like, dad, when I grow up, can I have your business? I was like, Sure, you can run it into the ground. <laughs> sure, I was like, I will already be rich by then. I won't care. But, it, it, <laughs> but it's I'm funny, like, Don, that you bring that up. I, I would say time. Time is mm -hmm. the number one thing. If you can somehow time travel and give anybody who's got a business more mm -hmm. time so then they could use it for other things personally, yeah. for their family, for their friends, for themselves that's huge man that's valuable that's monstrous man like it, that's yeah that's huge and that's what we do right with the platform itself you know going on finding the right stuff managing all your licenses in one area getting all that like we save companies 15 to 20 percent. so there's the money side of things but virtually hundreds and hundreds of hours every year on procurement and management and maintaining and all this stuff because this is not what you do in your day-to-day -day job it's a fraction of what you do and it's not how you want to spend your time but if we already have a roadmap we sat down for an hour and did an envision session and i was like all right manny i know exactly what you're trying to do and things are going to change so we're communicating the human element of it yeah right if it was a robot it'd be like well you said this and this so we're, <laughs> we're this is what we're doing yeah. right but things change so it's like okay so have have things changed oh they have all right cool this is what we're doing um you know, and when we save that time and that money for people, then they become more efficient. They can either take on more jobs or they could make more money with the same amount of jobs that they're doing and go home earlier, right? And save that time. If you don't have to pick up the phone and call support or, hey, we're having this issue with, uh, you know, sales. And I'm like, okay, well, we can automate that. And you know, if you didn't have to like figure out how you were going to do that, right? And it didn't cost you more. To do that, it actually saves you money. It makes 100% sense. I think about uh, what Amazon did to literally everything that we buy. I was two weeks ago, I was like, I needed to go get more allergy medication. Uh, you know, spring's bl blooming and yep. I'm allergic to everything underneath, you know, the Colorado sun. And I was like, all right, so I got pretty much back-to-back -back calls all day. I've got, you know, a couple of gaps here and there. I had a 30-minute window and I was like, all right, I'm going to go out to Walgreens and, uh, and go pick up some allergy pills. But then I was like, well, let me just see if Amazon could get that to me today. 
or even tomorrow. And they could, sure it was like, if you order this now, it'll be here by 3 p.m. And it was like 1130. I was like, okay, well, then I don't even have I can now I can go I can go make myself some lunch or I can listen to, you know, TCL. You know, I can do something that I like to do with my time. And that then that made me that made me happy. Right. It, it gave me a sense of peace and everything was getting done. And that's what we do. We just we help construction companies, we help all kinds of industries get stuff done so you can focus on what you want to do. In today's day, in an eight hour day, mm-hmm. how much time do we waste? How much time? <laughs> how much time are we wasting in an eight hour day? How many hours of that eight hours are we wasting? Missed up? Say like how much? Half? More than half? Easy. I was gonna say, I haven't seen the figures, but I'd say easily half. Yeah, that's literally. I was gonna say, in an eight-hour day, With, probably wasting four unproductive hours. actions, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. triple checking or doing things that you don't necessarily need to do because they can mm-hmm. get done a certain way that will save you so much more time. So you're, I agree with you. I think it's probably half, if not a little bit more than half. Easily, yeah. I'd be interested to pull the figure, and I, after this call, I will because I'm a data science nerd you know and i would like to be able to speak to that because it is that's a compelling question how much time are you wasting every day think about it just from anything you're doing we know we waste time that's the problem Mm -hmm. we just know it right but i mean if you actually break it all down 40 hour work week all of a sudden you did the work of 20 hours and you Mm could have got the same amount of production done in 20 hours instead of 40 hours and you could have allocated those extra 20 hours for what yourself your family your friends yep you know, in that, uh, the analogy, or not the analogy, but the story of how I got into the technology space and I was cold calling people, yeah. right? They said 100 to 150 calls is what you do. That's what our reps do to be successful. I made 40 calls every day because I optimized my time. I was like, well, if what I'm trying to do is book a meeting with the CIO, the CTO, why would I call, you know, the help desk engine? Why would I call all these people? What I'm going to do is I'm going to call the CIO's office. He's going to have an assistant. And I'm going to say, hey, Janine, I'm trying to get some time with Manny. Uh, is he in the office today? No? Okay, what time is he in the office? Actually, you know what, Janine? Um, this is what I'm trying to do. Uh, is that even something that Manny does? Oh, no, no, Frank does that. Okay, cool. Could I get Frank's number? Right? And, or actually, you know what? Could you just connect me to Frank? Right? And so now I've made one phone call instead of like, you know, yeah. Calling Manny over yep. and over again and pissing off Janine because she's like, why are you calling me? Right. And and at this point, she's not even going to tell me like because she I called her 10 times that it's actually Frank who does the thing. Right. Yeah. Or I'm calling the wrong person, you know, or the person left the organization. So like that's how I'd start my day. I'm like, who are the people I'm trying to go after? OK, I'm going to start from the top. I'm going to ask the question is like, is this something they even do? Is this something they care about instead of wasting my time and like legitimately I did two thirds of my entire team's numbers from just like my entire team's like objectives came from just what I did. And I did a half to a third of the amount of effort that went into it. So then what did I do with my free time? Well, I didn't work harder. That's for sure. I didn't make more phone calls. Right. And that's what I think people are afraid of through, you know, automation, AI, all these types of tools. It's like, okay, you're just going to cram more hours of work in the day. And you can do that if you want to. Don't do it. But what I, what I'm looking to do is like I would like to give you 30 minutes back so you could cook that meal for yourself. Exactly. Like give you 30 minutes back so you could leave earlier. 
Uh, maybe you want to listen to your favorite episode of, you know, a podcast. Maybe you want to get to the record store and go pick up a record because usually by the time you get off work, it's closed. Or maybe you want to practice right? that instrument that you've always wanted to play. Maybe you oh, want to don't just even learn get a new started. Sk- yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you, just, you yeah. think about how much more time that you could possibly have to do other things that will benefit your life. Mm-hmm. And we talk about mental health. Like I said, I listened to the, totally. the podcast you did about it. Mental health is, and I like really commend you for doing that episode, right? And like, I, I'm planning on doing on more that. of them, man, because there's a lot of yeah, guys and girls in construction that are going through some hard times, man. Everybody's going through hard times, yes. right? And in industries like this, it's a roughneck type of situation where you don't talk about it, right? Or maybe you don't feel like you can, or maybe you don't even know. Maybe you don't even have the tools to do it, right? And maybe it's not that serious yet, but it builds and builds and builds. But if I could give you that 30 minutes back where you could take a breather, where you could go listen to that record, maybe it would make you happier in your day-to-day life. And maybe you don't get into a road rage incident. Maybe you don't go home and fight. Maybe you don't drink that, you know, second shot of whiskey. And I, you know, things like that, right, that are overall going to contribute to the betterment of your life. We all have to make a commitment that when we free up our time, that is going to be our free time. Right. And to take it back to like what you talk about, like millennials, why we leave jobs and things like that and all that stuff. And I think it's because our generation was the first to be like, man, I really don't have to work that hard. I have to break my neck to do this, to make a living. Right. I really enjoy my time. That's part of the reason why I started this business. I got laid off in COVID and I was like, man, I really love spending time with my son. I didn't love being a teacher like because I had to teach school courses for him. I was good at that. Um, but I loved being there for him, right? So I was like, if I start this job and I don't go back to corporate America, then I won't have to travel all the time. I won't have to punch a clock. I can stay home with him. I can volunteer in his class. That makes me happy. If he's sick, he can stay home with me. He doesn't yep. have to, you know, you know, be with me at work or whatever. The, you know, it's like it's totally chill, right? And so it's made my. I can get the laundry done in between phone calls. You right? can, and I'm lucky find because time. what I do, I don't have. Yeah, you. Find yeah, and time. so then at the end of the day, at the end of the day, my time is my time. I don't have to try to cook dinner. I don't have to try to do the laundry because everything that needed to get done gets done. And now, when it's time to clock out, I clock out and I'm chill. Now I'm an entrepreneur. There is no clock out right now. I'm yeah. doing, I'm doing those twelve to sixteen hour jobs because that's what it takes. It takes that perspiration because I have a dream of what I want to do. You know, I mentioned Opus at the beginning. Opportunity for you is an opportunity for us. We're a social equity diverse, you know, company, right? So we help satisfy those diversity requirements. We take a portion of every job that we do. We take a portion of everything. And then we fund a minority, a, a woman, a veteran-based business, right? We help them get their initial seed capital or a project capital. And then we not only just give them the cash, but we align them with a mentorship program or an accelerator program so they can actually be successful, right? Yeah. Opportunity for you is an opportunity for us. For an organization like a construction company, a hotel, a restaurant, whatever, they're, they're going to buy a Microsoft license. They're going to buy a Zoom license. If it's going to cost the same or less, get it from me. You satisfy diversity requirements. Then we reinvest into the community. That's just better. And that's why I wanted to start something. It's like, we can still do capitalism, right? Like we get a lot of uh, you know, shit my generation for we want to dismantle things like, well, we're not, I'm not personally trying to break anything. It's not going away. Yeah. I'd like to do it better. I would just like to make this healthier. Right. I would like to give people 30 minutes of their life. So when I, I come like to, to you, to when this. I come to you, Dante, like mm-hmm. 
what are the top five things I should be bringing to you? Like, how should I be presenting my business to you? Uh, authentically, right? So I, I'm going to probe the questions, right? So you tell me, usually it's like, okay, we're, uh, we're an electrical contractor. Okay. What does that mean? Like, what do you do with electrical contracting? What does your daily job look like? Who are your client base, right? Um, so there's new, it's that human element of it, right? There's not like a checklist that I go through. There's certain markers that I'm going to hit, but I really need to know who you are, what you do before I can really start prescribing things. It's like, kind of like being a doctor. Yeah. I can't just be like, it's this, take this pill. And it's going to, I don't know your family history. I don't know what other medications you take. If I just said this, someone came to you and was like, Hey, build me a bookshelf. And you'd be like, sounds great. And you just start getting building and then you bring it back and it's like, Oh, well, you didn't tell me it was a three by three space that it had to fit in. Well, you didn't ask the question, right? So now I built this massive bookcase out of oak and it's heavy. And I didn't, you know, the question wasn't asked. And so like, for me, it's like, look, uh, yeah. Tell me what industry and vertical you serve. Tell me where you're geographically located. How many employees do you have? These are things that are really helpful to get a picture of where you're at and like, what's going to be a good place to start. But we always start with the unsexy things, right? We always start with the Envision session and we start with Microsoft and how to optimize your flow and get data points back and forth and how you're using Teams and cybersecurity. And then we go to mobility is like, how are you managing your mobility and things like that? Now, if you have a, you know, a, an absolute problem with something, then we're going to jump in and do that. But I really like to look at the fundamentals, start saving costs, start creating efficiencies from that. And then we start getting into, okay, so how can we optimize through AI and automation? How can we use IoT in different environments? How can I help you save money by tracking your fleet uh, and using AI surveillance on a job site so you can geofence a, a thing and you know when the lumber gets there, you know when the pipe gets there because you can see the truck get on site, the license plate, it says, you know, Dante White pipe fitters, and you know that the vehicle, we know exactly when it got to the job site, we know exactly what's going on. We can optimize those flow. That's where things get really exciting. But like general sense, I'm a helper. Yeah. What do you, you earlier in the conversation, you're like, I get on phone calls and it might not go how I want it to go. I'm paraphrasing. Right. But you still pull something from it. Yeah. I've never left a conversation where I was like, I didn't learn something or I didn't gain some perspective or I didn't make a friend. Right. It's not once happened, but I've got an open mind. I'm like looking for the bigger picture between things. And I think that's where, you know, everybody that I've dealt with really starts getting into that. So where do you see the future headed? I mean, this, since it started, mm -hmm. it's been ramped up fast. Right. And I can only imagine what the next 10 years are going to be like for small business owners. And where do you see things going? Yeah. So there's going to be even more small business owners, right? It's, you know, we're going to, we're going to micro niche. I think we're going to see a lot of that. And then I think like, you know, all things are cyclical, right? You'll see a lot of like individual players. They'll get consumed into larger entities. They'll start pairing up together through joint ventures and things like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's always going to be about efficiency, right? We talk about, you know, employment and trying to get workers, right? It's trying to do more with less. And so it's like, how do I, how do I fit these tools in there? And then how do I differentiate myself? That How do I get that human element, right? A wall is a wall is a wall. Let me but ask who's going to do it. 
Sorry? Who's going to do it better? Oh, I was going to say, but who's going to do it better? Who's going to do it faster? Who's going to be friendlier? Like, why Why am I going to, you know, use this person, right? And so it's like really the marketing aspect too is going to be huge for people. I want to I wanna paint a scenario, Dante. I want to, because uh, recently, okay. uh, I would say the last year, I've had a lot of guests on the show that they started um, branching together. So they may have started as an electrical contractor and all of a sudden they had a good friend who was a plumbing contractor, an HVAC contractor, and all of a sudden they started pulling them together and then they created an umbrella and they became one entity, right? Mm-hmm. Can you guys look at something like that? Let's say it's a GC and they've got a small business and they've got a bunch of subs. Can you look at their business and go, listen, if you pool all these different trades under the same business, here is the potential. Is this mm-hmm. something that you guys can look at and show that data and kind of give us a roadmap for that? You mm-hmm. can totally pull that off, right? Yeah, definitely. And yeah, to your point, I think that's where like, you know, I had brought up like the JV partnerships you're going to start seeing yeah. kind of like come together a little bit. I even do it in my industry, right? Like I said, uh, I'm interesting in the way that like I can help on a job site with like low voltage cabling and then also with your operational technology. So I'm a little bit of a hybrid role and that's what makes me differentiate because it's not just sales. It's not just tools. It's like, Hey, I can help you in your day to day and I can help you keep the lights on in perpetuity. Yeah. Um, you know, like for an example, there's a, a, a division within our organization that does nothing but like energy technologies. Um, and right now the hot thing in most places is electric vehicle chargers, okay. right? And solar and things of that nature. So we do have an energy division that does electric vehicle chargers. And what we've done is we've gone to market a little bit differently in the fact that we've taken those electric vehicle chargers. We've taken our relationships with cellular carriers and programmatic advertising. And now they've got these screens on them with programmatic advertising. So for a business owner, not only are they making money on the charging revenue, but they're also making money on the advertising revenue, right? And so that's just for the business themselves. We've taken venture capitalists and we've pulled them together. And now they'll pay for those electric vehicle chargers to be placed on job sites for free, right? They're yeah. not paying out of pocket. They're not pulling permits, anything like that. So for the business owner, it's instant top line revenue, right? And so that's just for the business owner. But then what I do with my construction clients is like, if they're, you know, electrical, I'm like, do you guys want to get paid to install those? Cause I don't, I, I don't do that. I need people. So I JV with electrical companies to do that. And it's like, you can get paid a commission on the installation of it, right. On the actual sale of the unit and you can get paid for the install. Right. And then there's also a monthly reoccurring component to it because there's advertising and charging revenue. And so now I've changed the business model, right? Because now it's like, now you can also get paid that mailbox money as an electrician, as an electrical, you know, company. And that's something that didn't exist before without a service contract, but that's still a service. You still got to go out to the job site, fix the thing, do the thing, right? That takes time. That takes people, that takes money. But if I could just make you money off of something you installed five years ago, you're getting a check for, you know, hundred. $150, $500 $150, $500 a month, whatever it is, right? And it's just coming in, right? And so it's like, how can I make you a little bit more efficient? And it's a really compelling question. Some people laugh me out of their office, like, why would I do that? And I'm like, well, you don't get it then. And that's fine. But this is why you would do it because you can make more. Well, we don't do that. I'm like, yeah, but other people are. 
and they're going to make money doing it's missed it. opportunities. I mean, you got a lot of people, you got a lot of businesses that grow and grow and grow. And then all of a sudden they need larger warehouse space, shop space, all kinds of stuff. And you're missing opportunity there. Why aren't you mm -hmm. advertising on your space? Why aren't you putting car chargers there on the space? Why aren't you using all these incentives? Right? Like why not? You know? And it's like the, the monetize that spot. Right. And people will stay longer because they got to charge. If it was a restaurant, they'll stay for, you know, you know, dessert or they'll have a couple more drinks or they'll at the gym. They're going to, you know, stay a couple more hours and then also get a, uh, you know, beverage at the, the gym, like a smoothie or a water or whatever. Right. So you start looking at these things uh, and you're like, you're you're missing this opportunity. And like I said, with the venture capital group, I make it no out of pocket. Yeah you're making instant top line revenue. Why wouldn't you want to do that? And then for my construction compadre, it's like, it's like now you can also get in on this deal too, that you would have missed before. You're already on a job site with somebody you're connecting with these builders. You're connecting with these investors. You've got a portfolio of opportunity and you're not looking at it because that's not your day-to-day -day job. Uh, you know, and that's not what you're really looking at, but like, let's look at a way for you to like open things up and free some time up for yourself. Right. I'm with you. I love my time. I was only given a certain amount on this earth. Yeah. So I'm going to live it up as best as I can. I'm going to do and see and smell and touch everything possible that I can. Right. And that can't be done right now until I make the money. So I can do that until I free the time up so I can do that. Right. And that's what we do through our technology, through our sourcing, just through everything that we do is like, let's, let's get you more money in your pocket. Let's get you more time on your watch. Like let's make you happy happier make you healthier so i i know it's it's difficult for you to kind of give us a price range or whatever but if anybody's interested they can reach out to you i guess just through some of the show notes that will attach to the show right so then they can have a conversation with you and then you can kind of go down their business and figure out what they need to do and then that way they'll get a better idea of what costs are associated with this definitely so um our envision sessions are always complimentary and free it's a no obligation thing um We'll help you with any scope project easily. If you want to take us on as more of a concierge model, we make it super affordable. We've got two different models. Uh, if you want to do month to month, $75 a month. If you want to get into a contract, it could be 50. Or if you want to take the, uh, we've got an upper tier package where you get more time, more expertise, more things. And we also do fun things like, you know, our vendors uh, will, you know, pay for us to go ride around in sports cars and throw axes and go drink fine whiskey and smoke scar, whatever, all that stuff. So like, you know, it's like, we like to bring our clients for things like that too. And so, you know, at most, you know, you'll get out, you could use our services for free. Yeah. Uh, the, the marketplace is free, whatever the licenses of software is going to dictate, you know, based off of where you are. Uh, we get preferential pricing because of our relationships. Uh, you know, we've got over a thousand different solutions plus and growing um, with over 600, you know, software and hardware manufacturers. Um, and because of our aggregate based pricing, nobody pays more for any license than they would if going direct. In most cases, they save money because we volumetrically price drop. Um, yeah. So I was like, if you want to get into a package with us and retain our services, we make it affordable. We don't want to break the bank. It's $50 a month. $100 a month if you want the upper tier package. You know, you couldn't buy <laughs> you couldn't buy an IT personnel for for that. No, that's very reasonable. It's it's like very very affordable and that's how we wanted the model to be. 
We're getting close to the end here, Dante. Uh, Opulous uh, founder, www.oppuous.com. Reach out to him at Dante at Opulous.com and then find him all over social media under O-P-P-U, oh, sorry, O-P-P-U-O-U-S. Yep. What else you want to share before I get to the 12 questions of construction? Anything else you want to share? We talked a lot. This has been actually a very entertaining conversation, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Entertaining like in a great uh, way because it's been educational too, and it's gotten my wheels spinning as well too, right? Which is what I totally yeah. dig, right? Um, you know, honestly, man, I just want to thank uh, I want to thank you for the time. That's what I want to do. I want to thank uh, you know you for having me on the show, and I want to thank your listeners for tuning into this. Right? Like, um, I'm a very uh, in tune and like kind of sensitive person about everything, right? And so I think that. I talk about that manifestation without perspiration states yeah. in your imagination. I think that the time that you spend on yourself, developing yourself, you're your greatest resource. You're the biggest, you're the biggest investment you'll ever make in, is in yourself. And when people take an hour or more out of their day, whether they have to break it up into 50 minute chunks, whatever, you really have to thank yourself for doing that because you're doing yourself a service. So I want to thank your viewers. I want to thank you. And I want to thank, you know, I want <laughs> sounds like you could want to thank myself yeah. for taking that step. And reaching out to you, yeah. right? And saying, like, look, I want to help people. I want to do this, right? I think that's very important to acknowledge all of this. I love it, man. I love it. You ready for the 12 questions? Let's roll. What's your favorite construction word? Oh, <clears throat> favorite construction word. Uh, I like safety. That's a good one. What is your least favorite construction word? Also safety. Sometimes I want to be a little reckless, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to bend the rules. Uh, yeah. What turns you on in construction? Uh, you know, doing stuff with your hands is really cool, right? Like I do technology. It's very intangible. But, you know, like I said earlier in the conversation, I ran a body shop. I grew up turning wrenches. I, I built art projects, big structures for, for Burning Man, right? Uh to be able to see something come together is a way different way to live your life. Yep. What turns you off in construction? Uh, the long hours. By design, we do it our, to ourselves, right? That can change. Like, mm -hmm. that can change, right? People need to understand yeah. that there's totally potential for it to change, right? Mm -hmm. What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> Fuck, of course. That's probably the number one on the show. What's yes. your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world? Ooh, I have a lot. Uh, I would probably say one of my favorite vehicles is a 64 Lincoln Continental. Mm, suicide doors, huh? Suicide doors. Chop the top a little bit. I want it bagged. Shaped I almost wish they would bring it back, but I don't know if they would do it justice there after this google it they did they brought the suicide door version back a couple years ago and it actually looks pretty really? cool i gotta look that gonna, up oh man it's slick you're gonna pay a lot of money for it though it's like six figure type of car ouch uh, which i would never you know pay for an american-made vehicle <laughs> uh, back in the day yeah yes. but i'm not paying six, if i'm dropping six figures on a car you know, I'll probably get something a little faster. You know, probably get me a la Lamborghini, right? <laughs> you know, so what's your, what's your least favorite vehicle in the entire world? Least favorite vehicle in the entire world. I would say a, a Dodge Neon. 
Oh, remember that thing? Do they they don't make that thing anymore? Do they? Or do they still? No, make? they oh. don't, and they don't like really exist. On I saw one actually, oddly enough, yesterday. Had been into a collision, sitting on the side of the highway, and I was like, "Wow, they had a neon still." I remember when terms. I remember one Super Bowl when Brady was endorsing it. <laughs> I couldn't believe that Dodge Neon Department had that much marketing money to get so many celebrities endorsing that particular car. I don't understand crazy, it. It was right? crazy. It was crazy. But all right, what construction sound or noise do you love? Uh, impact tools. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Uh, oof, that backup beep of a you know of a truck. It's like all right, already. Right. <laughs> I know. Huh? I know it's a safety important, but man, get to the bottom. <laughs> what <laughs> profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Uh, I'd like to be a stand-up comedian. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did a little bit of amateur stuff here around Denver, but you know, uh, you know, being a comedian requires a delicate balance of thinking. Uh, you know, the highest of yourself and the lowest of yourself at the same time. And right. Keeping that sacred balance of it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Not going too far one way or the other. I could see that. I could totally see that, man. What profession would you not like to do? Uh, I would not like to be a teacher. It's hard. I, I think they're super important. Uh, you know, my, my son's mother was a teacher. Uh, I actually originally was going to school to be a teacher because, uh, you know, I had a couple of really critical people growing up. I, you know, I grew up in rough neighborhoods and did some really stupid stuff. And I had some people that took some time and an investment in me. And uh, I I would love to give back. But, man, they do not get paid enough. And they no. put up with way, way more shit than they need uh, to. I know. I totally agree. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Oh, this uh kid friendly should uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can you can say whatever you want we've had lots yeah. of people you know hey, their yeah. god curses so it's it's all good man everybody hey man yeah it's like hey uh, welcome to heaven here's all the beverages here's all the ladies and here's all the fast cars you can want and drive and all that stuff everything on me that's why actually i like him to say everything on me nice so we're in yeah. Dante, thanks so much, man. Absolute pleasure having you on the show, man. Such a great conversation. Thank you so much. Likewise. Man. Yeah. Thank All you right. for taking the time and having me. Everyone reach out to him, man. Triple W opus.com and Dante at opus.com and on all over social media, you'll find them at opus. O P P U O U S. Thanks very much, man. We're out of here. Thanks, yeah. Angelina.